Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do that today so that you never miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button. I've got a great lineup of guests as part of this series. We've had great ones on so far, as well as awesome other ones coming up, as well as in the regular show too. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And today, for our episode, Inside the Huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Jalen Speedy Naylor. Speedy is a wide receiver who played college football at Michigan State University. Speedy finished his Spartan career with 86 receptions and 1,454 yards and 12 touchdowns receiving in 28 career games, which included 21 starts. He also led the Big Ten in yards per catch in 2020 and ranked second in 2021. Speedy also was one of 46 players in Spartan history to reach over 1,000 career receiving yards. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Speedy being a Spartan, the NFL Combine, and more on today's episode. Speedy, welcome to the show. Yes, ma'am. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat with you today. Let's kick off our conversation just talking about how you got into football. You're from out west. I know you're in Vegas right now. When was the first time you suited up or picked up a football? First time I picked up a football, I believe I was about two, maybe something like that, two or three. I have a picture that has me holding the football, but I didn't really get into football. I didn't start playing flag football at five, but tackle football after that when I was six. And was it something that you wanted to do or your parents signed you up for it? It was something I wanted to do because before that I was playing baseball. Then I got to a point where I was just tired of baseball. It got boring to me. So I was like, let me just try football. It, it seemed fun. And once I started, I really enjoyed it. I'm here now. <laughs> yes. And I fell in love with this game when I was four years old. And so I've been a student of the game of football ever since. And guys in the league are always commenting to me about how I eat, breathe, sleep, and bleed football. What about this sport made you fall in love with the game? It was just playing football, you know, just making people miss, tackling people, just everything that goes into football, I, I really just fell in love with. My listeners know that this whole Move the Ball movement started because I wrote this book about football and the lessons I had learned as a kid. And it's helped me to be successful in overcoming adversity, building my brand, helping companies build their brands, helped me with pretty much everything in life. I've used this sport in so many, many ways. And I'd like to get your take on what has football meant to you and what lessons have you taken away from the game that you think think will help you to be successful at this next level playing in the NFL as well as just in life in general? Football has meant everything to me. So from when I was four, when I first picked up that football, you know, I kind of just felt myself just playing football. Everyone I was growing up, whenever people ask me what I wanted to do, I'm an NFL player. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm just grateful and uh, just blessed to have this opportunity to, to be in this position to 
hopefully get in the NFL and do something in the NFL. But the lessons that I learned, I mean, just hard work, show out a lot more than talent will as you get higher up, up to college, up to the NFL. You know, it's just a lot of technique, a lot of technical stuff because everybody's good. You just got to be technically sound, things like that. But it's just work ethic, being a team bonding thing, just being able to talk to people, have that social aspect that you have. And it's just guys that you can share lifelong memories with. And I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, the bonds that you build in football carry on for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Now, when you look at the wide receiver position, what skills do you think are necessary to play your skill position well? Well, one, you got to be able to catch the ball for sure. <laughs> you got to be able to get off the ball. You got to be good with your routes. You got to be a pretty good blocker. You got to be a willing blocker, I should say. Just be able to help the run game out a little bit. And just being there for your quarterback, being reliable for him, a guy that he can trust to throw the ball to. I mean, just just working. And now your nickname is Speedy. People talk about how you've got great explosiveness and acceleration. What else do you think makes you elite at this position? I say like my run after the catch, like once the ball's in my hands, you know, I always get positive yards. I don't look to get, get negative yards at all. Just trying to keep the change moving. That, that's my mindset, you know, just try to score each time I get the ball or get a first down. That's my mindset every time I, I touch the ball. So that, that's something that, that I've been instilled with ever since I started playing, you know, just try to always score, try to make something happen. But it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really do enjoy it. It's a great sport. It's one that I love, too. So definitely understand where you're coming from there. Now, you played for Coach Sanchez at Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. You were a member of three state championships there and two national championship teams, had 108 receptions for nearly 2,000 yards and 28 touchdown catches during your varsity career. This school has one of the most storied high school programs in the nation. Tell us what in your mind makes this school and the program such a successful program. It starts off with the people in the program. The coaching staff is tremendous. They're amazing. You know, they always want the best for the kids. The training room that we got, the weight room is top notch almost at the college level. You know, we got our own weight room with a track inside of it, a cold hot tubs, whole training room, a huge locker room. You know, we got a nice field to play on. So, I mean, it's everything that goes into it. And the boys are, are hungry to keep that tradition going. Not only did you play football there, you also ran track state titles your senior year. You helped the school to its first ever team track state championship. Tell us more about how you got into track. And I'm sure that's a big part of why you have the nickname Speedy today. Well, track was something that I started when I was six. My parents wanted to just throw me in there just so I can keep my endurance up, get even faster. So ever since I was six, I was running track all the way up until freshman year of high school. At one point during that period, I believe I was nine or 10, I was the fastest kid in the nation in the 100. So, I mean, it's crazy. You know, tracks came a long way. I I wish I would have kept running track throughout high school, but I'm glad I did run senior year to help bring that state title home. And you ended up breaking out your own program record in the 100 meters and the 200 meters to win the state title. So that's an awesome accomplishment as well. And, you know, they talk about how people in the league are bigger, stronger, faster than they were a decade ago, for example. And they talk about how a lot of people who run track really excel in the league because they have that track background. So I'm sure that's part of what makes you so great as well. I know it's going to help you in the next level. So now... You were the number one wide receiver prospect in the state of Nevada coming out of high school. You had 
had offers from a number of different colleges, including Colorado, Arizona State, Nevada. I know some Big Ten schools were looking at you, Purdue, Wisconsin, et cetera. You initially committed to Arizona State. And then after Arizona State had some coaching changes, Coach Graham was let go, you ended up making a different decision. Why MSU? Well, after I made that decision to decommit from ASU, MSU was the only school to reach out to me. So I just took that, you know, I couldn't pass up on that opportunity to play big time football. That makes sense. And so what was your transition like? I mean, you were at a successful high school football program already. Going to Michigan State, how was that transition for you? The transition was smooth. The way practices are run at Gorman is pretty much the same way it's running a college at MSU. So, I mean, it wasn't really no crazy transition for me. It was just being around other great guys literally all the time. And your freshman year, you ended up finishing with 279 yards and you had the Spartans second longest rushing play with 75 yards in a fourth quarter touchdown. Tell us about that game versus Indiana. That game was crazy. I wasn't sure how much I was going to play that game, but I ended up getting in pretty early and scoring actually. So that was my first touchdown. So I was really excited that point and just really much throughout the game you know I was getting more in the rotation the coaching staff was trusting me more so I was able to find that role to where I can play good amount and make an impact and then that 75 yard run in the game really sealed the deal on that game and I'm, I'm really excited I was able to pull through for the team Oh, for sure. Now, you ended up being sidelined in the 2019 season. You had a broken foot and you missed all but four games that year. How did that injury come about and what was your recovery like specifically? Like, how was your mental state during that time? And what did you do to keep that mental toughness about you? It happened in a practice. I just came down wrong with my foot and then it just broke from there. But mentally, it was definitely a struggle for me. Just being away from home, not have no family really around me to come see me, come check on me, this and that. But my teammates and my roommates really helped me get through it the most because they was always with me pretty much throughout the day whenever we was done with football, school and stuff. They was always hanging with me, making sure I'm good and keeping me level-headed. So I'm real grateful for my roommates back then and teammates. So it was rough, but I was able to get through it. And I'm definitely stronger now from that. And as you know, that being a good football player, it doesn't just happen on the football field. There's diet, of course, there's the weight room, the fill room, and so on. How did being on the sideline with this injury and not being able to play for a while help you to become a better football player for your return? It made me better mentally. We like to play calls, just seeing different coverages from defenses, and then just just being able to read those guys out to try and put myself in a position where, as if I was out there on the field, like, what would I do here? What would I do there? You know, and then just trying to help the younger guys that was getting the reps that wasn't really getting many reps when I was in, but just helping them try to help them grow, see things that they might not see. Now, when you returned, you ended up leading the Big Ten. You were 14th in FBS stats in yards per reception, 19-point average yards per catch. You ranked sixth in the Big Ten in receiving yards per game, had four catches of over 50 yards. What were you doing right when you returned to really ensure that you would show out every Saturday? I mean, I, I was just putting in the work with the strength and conditioning staff and, and the training staff. You know, they was just helping me, trying to get me back as fast as possible, as best as possible. Once I came back, I hit the ground running. And when you returned, you had your first career 100-yard receiving game against Iowa, had 119 yards that game. What was that like for you? It was frustrating a little bit because they blew us out, but it was nice to 
I have those stats, but I wish we would have came out with the win. But, I mean, it, it was great to play in Iowa. I've never played there before. I wish fans were there because it was COVID year. I wish fans was there. But it was a good experience, though. And with the COVID year, it forced us, all of us, not just football programs, to adapt and adjust and figure out a new way to continue to move forward. What did that year teach you and how did you grow from that experience? It just taught me that things are still going to be in motion no matter what happens with the world. You know, the world's going to keep on spending. Days are going to keep on going. You know, it's going to be night, day. Days are going to change. But you just got to control what you can control. And that that's something that I really focused on, like, the past couple of years, just controlling what I can control and not, not getting too mad or sad about something that might not be going my way. It's just just got to look at it like, oh, I can't, I can't control that, like, onto the next thing. Like, it just happens. Right. And people talk about that all the time, controlling what you can control, especially in football and in sports. And I think it's important for people to remember off the field, too, that there's all kinds of craziness going on in the world. But if you stay locked in on what you need to do and control what you can control, you'll go far. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. So let's fast forward to the 2021 season. You played in nine games, started the first eight, then you missed the last four games, ended up coming back for the Peach Bowl. What was that like that season and then just having that injury that put you out for a little bit? This season was amazing, you know, going 11-2 and two under Coach Tug. It was a real great year. It was a fun year. Each week was really fun, preparing for teams, going against teammates. It was just the whole overall just like mood change for the whole program you know everybody felt energized ready to put in the work and ready to go so I mean it was, it was a great year leading up to my injury broke my hand which sucked but I mean it, it wasn't terrible for me you know I was in good spirits because I know things happen for a reason I've been through this injury stuff before so I mean I didn't let it get to me at all I just wanted to help see guys win and help the younger guys out that needed it. And in this past season, MSU was 9-0 and when you were in the lineup. Aside from dominating on the football field, what were you doing to help your teammates play well and just to perform at that higher level? I feel like, to me, I was the heartbeat of the offense and stuff. So, like, whenever I get the ball, you know, I feel like it's a mood boost for everybody on the team. It kind of shows throughout games, like, big plays happen, guys do great things. It's a whole team that gets affected by it, and, and it shows through our games that we won. And let's talk about the Peach Bowl for just a quick minute. So MSU ended up beating out number 12 ranked Pitt. You had a great game, led MSU with six catches, 108 yards, and it was your fourth career yard receiving game over 100 yards of the season. You had three that season, I should say four overall, three that season. What were you doing in 2021 to ensure that you would excel on the football field? I was trying to fine-tune everything that I needed to work on. Just throughout that whole season as well, I was still constantly improving, you know, getting better with my breaks, getting better with my releases. It showed in the Peach Bowl, you know, I, I feel like that, that was one of my most complete games that I've played. And you're someone who's not a stranger to big plays. When you look back upon your college career, what, what one was your favorite? The Rutgers game would probably be my favorite. Probably the over-the-head over catch when I cut back across the field. That's probably my favorite play from last season. So now the time has come. You've hung up your college cleats. You've declared for the draft, and you're training for the NFL Combine, Pro Day, all that stuff. What were some of the things that you were really focused on during this training period? I was really just focused on my diet, getting the right things in my body, just trying to be as healthy as possible to where I can go out and perform to my best of my ability. And that being at Exos up in San Diego, it, they really brought that out of me and, and it showed in the combine in that pro day. For sure. So let's go to the combine. So you ended up running a four five official 40, 38 inch vertical, 128 inch broad jump. What was that combine experience like for you? 
the combine experience was great, you know, once in a lifetime experience. So you just got to take advantage of every opportunity you get. It was a real crazy experience, you know, with the meetings and the medical stuff. But outside of that, it, it was a real great experience, you know, get to be around other draft prospects that they might be taking high, you know, but it was just great just being in that environment, that atmosphere. And so let's talk about Pro Day. How about the Pro Day experience? How was that for you? Pro Day experience was good as well, you know, just being back with my old teammates from college, you know, get to see all of us work and, and see how much we've improved over the past two months. It was great. And so, Jalen, if a team were to ask you, why should a team pick you over someone else, what would you say? I say I'm one of the most versatile players in the draft. A guy that's willing to do it all for the team, whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. Great answer. So what I want to do is run you through my two-minute drill. But before we do that, because you did mention Coach Tucker earlier, I want to ask you, what in your mind makes Coach Tucker great? The mindset that he brings, his intensity, the way he wants things run, I mean... It's real to a T. It's real sharp. Things with Tuck, it's uh, no gray area with anything. You know, he keeps it 100 with you. He doesn't try to beat around the bush with anything. He keeps it straightforward and up front. All right. So now I want to run you through this two-minute drill. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. First question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? Play video games. What is one thing most people don't know about you? That I'm an observer type of person. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Chill, funny, and laid back. If you had one intro song that was played at all of your public appearances, what would that song be? Probably Too Icy by Draco the Ruler. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach? Putting in the work. There's other guys working. You you just got to keep putting in that work. And what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Control what you can control. (laughs) That's an important piece, a good piece of advice. Now, this next question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I'll choose Kendrick Lamar for sure. That's my favorite rapper right now. Rihanna, because I mean, why not have Rihanna at your party? And then I'll probably have Draco the Ruler. Those three. Three great guests to have for sure. And I'm glad that you mentioned Rihanna, a female. It's always good to have some women at the dinner party. And she's done a great job with her business and her brand as an artist, too. It's neat to see her success. Okay, my next question is, do you sing in the shower? If there's music playing, yes. But if there's no music playing, no, I'm not singing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So, Jalen, as we look to close the show, let people know where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? Follow me on Instagram at Jalen Naylor and then on Twitter, Speedy Naylor. Perfect. We will have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Well, Jalen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a true pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you like today's show, Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you have not yet already done so. And also share the show with a friend or two or three. That's one way you can help me to move the ball. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.